We are going to continue on in our study of Ephesians 1, and I might talk a little bit about that, um, you know, the direction that we are going, but I, I appreciate so much what Justice was, was doing because the language there might be a little bit different, but it's very full of pictures and whatnot, and, and we will eventually get to that point where we are talking about our co-identification with Jesus. On, on the cross, we died with him. Resurrection, we rose with him. And what does that really all mean? And so um, I'm asking that the Lord would just begin to work with him, Creekside as a church, that um, when, like Seth so eloquently said, we're not trying to be anything different. We're just trying to be, <laughs> you know. And uh, we got to discover what that is to where the joy of the Lord really is implanted within us. Last week, the main idea was this. The, the topic, again, is going to be the same thing, because God is good. In Ephesians 1, that is, that is what he is talking about. And the main point is this, is that God doesn't love you because you are good. God loves you because God is good. And that's going to take a lifetime to internalize within us. It really will take a lifetime. And uh, there's, it depends on what background you're from. It depends what kind of school you went to, the school of thought. You know, what is good? <laughs> now, for me, my good would be uh, a heresy for some people. And, and yes, some people who say that God is good, they're full of legalism, laws, and rules. So, you know, we got to discover some things within the Scripture and we have to take a look at it honestly. It's not that I know everything. I know this much, but I just kind of like to share what I do know. And if I'm wrong, it's okay. That's why Jesus died on the cross. I, I don't intend to be. But you know, there's four things that we covered last week in verses uh, 3 to 10. And number one is this. Is that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And that spiritual blessing, you can't see. That's why it's spiritual. It's inside. It's inside of you, and that's called the kingdom of God or the river of life. Or as I made mention last week, it's the sacred garden within. All right, let's go on. Number two is this. We talked about all of these things last week. You're chosen in Christ before creation. That is a stickler. That is a tough one, and it's really hard for us to... Bring, to capture that intellectually with our head. Our heart jumps and leaps for joy, but the head, because of our training, because of our background, it's very hard for us to accept that. Before you made ever, any choice, before you, any of this, you were chosen in Christ before creation. Now, 500 years ago, there was a theology that came that said, well, God only chose a few because it's really hard to see that God is that good. And so that theology has been dominant in the Western culture that God has only selected a few and not some others. Number three is this, that God kindly adopted you as his child. Number four is this, you are abundantly free from penalties and punishment. That's not gonna fit well with a lot of people. But once again, it depends how you were trained what you were taught, and that's how I was trained. And I'm not quite sure that's how, what Scripture is teaching about. 
So God is good. God, God loves you not because you are good. God loves you because God is good. And it will take a lifetime to begin to understand that a little bit. You see, what he has done for you and what he's done for me is what he has done. Before we tried to, har- before we tried to believe. <laughs> before we tried to believe anything, God has already accomplished this. Before the creation of the world. Before you're striving and trying to earn God's favor through rules and principles and laws and everything else. You were known by God. You were included and embraced by the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. But that's hard for us. We, we buy that inside of our heart, but our heads have a hard time to grasp that. And so before you were even born, this is what Paul's talking about in this first chapter. That's what we talked about last week. And once this is revealed to us, it opens the door. You become alive, as Justice was sharing. It's something some of us have never seen before. Now let's, let's read through some scripture here. I'm just going to cover three or four verses. We're going to make it really, really simple. The last thing I want to do is lecture and bring all this information and insights and then we just, it goes over our head and we just have lost it. And that's not my intention whatsoever. I'd rather just have a couple of points here and then let it go and let you soak on it or not. We have a lot of basketball this afternoon, so soak that in too. All right, Ephesians 1, 11 to 14. In him, we, talking about the Jews, we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, which is the Jew, might be for the praise of his glory. And then verse 13, and you, you Gentiles, now you, me, were also included in Christ. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and we'll talk about that. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. Here's number five. We covered the four. Here's number five. We have an inexhaustible inheritance. And this is what he's talking about in verse 14. That we've been given the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance. But this inheritance is inexhaustible. Now, what is the inheritance? It's the stuff that I just covered. There's about two or three other things, and we're not going to cover that. But, it, but those, those, that inheritance is that you, you have a spiritual blessing. It's already inside of you. It's called the kingdom within. You've been chosen in Christ before creation, that is an inheritance. You've been adopted as a child, as a daughter and as a son, and you've been abundantly set free from the penalties and the punishments. And that came about through the cross. 
That's a great inheritance. And that's been given to us. And this inheritance is not something that uh, you wait till after you die. We draw upon it right now. And then the fullness of its reality, of course, when we're gone from this planet, um, we're going to see in reality. We're going to see its complete form. We're going to understand it. But right now, we can't grasp it. We just can't. We don't see clearly. And uh, the things that I can receive within my heart, my head, often contradicts it. And my head, which is the intellect, the, the reason I can't is because I was taught differently than where my heart's going. And this is a struggle. This is tough. And, and, and so this is a process that I've been going through most of my life. For instance, we begin to see or say little words like this, that, that she has more Jesus than I have. But you can't have more Jesus than anybody else. You see, when, when we say that, and I've said it, I'm, I'm kind of saying without thinking it through that Jesus cuts himself into pieces and he gave Gordy a toe and he gave Sally, Sally Sue over here a foot, but Jesus gave him his whole self to this person over here. You see, Jesus never cuts himself up into pieces. He just doesn't give a piece of himself to anybody. He gives his whole self to you as an individual. And so when we're talking about that you are in Christ, he's given his wholeness. Doesn't mean you see it. It says in, in John 1 that the light came into the world, but the darkness could not see it. What does that mean? And that's where eventually we want to get to in time. So, Paul, when Paul was revealed these things within the first chapter, as well as his other letters, he was so blown away in his mind with this revelation that he one time said in Corinthians, he said that, I just see people differently. Why did he say that? Because he saw that everybody had a light. They may, be, they may not be living by that light. They may not grasp it. They may not understand it. But there's a light within them, and the darkness could not understand it. But he says, I now, through this revelation, look at people differently. I see them differently. And that's what Jesus said one time when he said, when you give this person a cup of cold water, what did he say? It's as if you're giving me a cup of cold water. Why is Jesus saying that? You see, I love this kind of study. I love to research this. I'm not worried if I'm right or wrong, but I tell you, Jesus is, is alluding to the fact that Paul is already talking about here. Paul was given that revelation that Christ is within you. Let, let me give you a statement here. This is going to be a strong statement, perhaps. You have never been separate from God. Nor can you be, except in your mind. <laughs> I love it. I was, I was told uh, right when I graduated from college, I had a professor come up to me 
And he said, in 10 years, you're going to come back and be a professor at this university. And I, I said, you don't even know me, do you? <laughs> and truly, it's been 30 years, so good. But, so, but I have that inside of me. I like to teach. And uh, so let's just pretend you're my students, okay? So I want to just bring up some things. In fact, this whole series, I'm going to bring up some, some different kind of things. But we as students, we need to hear it and we need to struggle with it because none of us have arrived. So we've never been separate from God, nor can we be except in our minds. And we may need to just breathe and take that in for a second. See, all of this stuff, we just got to breathe and, and, just, and just take it in and, and let it become our conscious of that fact, to be conscious of that fact that you have never been separate. Colossians 3.11 says, there is only... Christ, he is everything and he is in everything. Colossians 1.19 says, all the fullness is found in Jesus Christ. Through him, all things are reconciled, everything in heaven and everything on earth. He's the source. He's the source of everything that you see. Without him, it says in, in Colossians, everything would just fall apart. He is the one who sustains all things. What does that mean? As students of Jesus, what does that mean? And so one guy said this. He says, the Christian life is simply one who is consciously drawing upon their source, which is Christ. And he continues on saying, it's not about rituals you perform. They're all going to die out anyway. It's not which commandments you obey. That leaves you taking your own temperature of how worthy you are. You can't get any closer to God than what you are. We can see more revelation can come to us, but you can't get any closer. That's mind-boggling, see? Jesus said in, in, um, in the Gospels, he said, I am always with you in Matthew. What did he mean by that? I am always with you. So we have this inexhaustible inheritance that I think... You can't intellectualize this because you, you, we can't grasp it. And so much of, of Bible students and so much of our Bible studies, and there's nothing wrong with it. The thing is, we got to read it with our heart too because it's in the heart that the Spirit lives. And that's a whole different thing than trying to understand it there. The key is getting a heart into the mind to where the mind and the heart are working together. Now we got it. We want to talk about some of these things down the road. So the sixth thing is this, and this will be the last. God has taken that inheritance and sealed it into your life. And that's what he's talking about here. He says, when you believed, you were marked in him in a... And with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, with a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So God has taken that inheritance and he has sealed it within you. See how complicated this can be? If you're following tradition, you're not going to always get it. There's nothing wrong with it. But we must open the door. We must open and take a risk and a chance. What other things could the Holy Spirit be meaning here as we begin to look at Scripture? 
Jesus said, no one will snatch you out of my hand. You're sealed with him. And I will add, when Jesus said, no one will snatch you out of my hand, I will, say, I, I, I will add also, except in your mind. <laughs> you know? God only loves those people, but not me. Only in your mind. I hope that resonates with you, and I hope that haunts you, because there's so much in our mind. And that's why we panic. That's why we have fear. That's why we have fights. It's in our mind. But if we saw the spirit of the living God in all people, that he is there, then our message may be a little bit different. See, the word believe is interesting. And you can take it in all kinds of different ways, but listen to me on this, if, if you will, just a minute. I got the sniffles, sorry about that. The word believe is responding to what already is. Whoa. The, the, the word believe is responding to what already is. It's, it's agreeing with what Jesus has already said about you. It's not making Jesus agree with my doctrine. This is the right way. You got to be baptized. You got to speak in tongues. Jesus now agree with me. No, it's agreeing with what Jesus has already said about you. And what he has said about you, Paul is translating that for us in Ephesians 1, as well as the gospel. So believing is responding to what he already says about you, and it's agreeing with it, what Jesus says about you. And one translation says this. And, and that section where it says, when you believe. It is the point of discovering you to be equally included in Christ. He just started talking about the Jews, now he's talking about the Gentiles. And that's where that translation, it is the point of discovering you to be equally included in Christ. In other words, the Holy Spirit, as you are revealed these things, it's going to resonate inside of your heart of what you discover and what you see. This is so huge. And I can't give a lot of information. This, this is mind-blowing. This is revolutionary. 40-plus years ago, uh, one of the things that I really struggled with most of my life, I didn't really know where I stood with God, and especially I didn't know where God stood with me. And a lot of that stemmed from um, my, the system that I grew up in. Nobody's to blame. There's, let's not blame any. There's nobody to blame, okay? This is just part of life. We just discover, we grow, and we learn, okay? But the whole idea of inviting Jesus into my heart kind of always confused me. And... I didn't understand it, and, and, and the question, even in my young adult life, and, and even <laughs> when I was older, I, I asked that question, did I really receive Jesus? Because, boy, I sure have a lot of doubts, and I'm just, things aren't resonating with me, and I said, man, I don't even know if I'm a Christian, I, and I was a pastor. But this whole thing of inviting Jesus, I was confused about, and, and sometimes I would say, well, I was, was I earnest enough? 
or did I say the right prayer? Because some of these fancy evangelists, man, they have the right words, and maybe I should just repray that again. Maybe I should just do that every day. I would have been a great Baptist, just come forward and rededicate myself every Sunday, and I'd be fine. But it didn't resonate. Something was going on inside of me, see? And so when I went to Bible college and then seminary, I came to believe without me wanting to. I just came to believe that it was about information about Jesus. And that the life of Christ was acquired by education and not relationship. I wanted a relationship. I was very relational, as you know me. And, 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 I, and I saw that God was very relational, but I could not get it, my head, into my heart. My heart was saying, it doesn't resonate. But what resonates is this relationship, and I'm missing it somewhere. And so for me, as I began to be educated and looking at all the doctrines and everything else, it became more about information and what is the right doctrine. So I tried to perfect myself and began to go through some of these things. Do I have the right doctrine? And so with that struggle was still not resonating in my heart, you know, I began to see some things. And that was only later in my life. That was not too many years ago, folks. And so I just reddened my eyes to study and research and everything else. And this is why this series, which has no name at all, and I'm not going to really, I, I don't know where I'm going to go. I want to build upon this. I want to give you my story through the scriptures to help us to understand because we can be locked into tradition. We can be locked into how a pastor has gone through seminary and Bible college. And though their heart may not resonate, it's what they're taught. It's, they don't blame them. It's not their fault. They're caught and they're stuck. If they're anything like me, and I'm not saying any, any of them are. But I have such a passion to, to let people be set free. And so this is where Ephesians comes in. I'm just going to teach two or three messages, maybe one or two more, and that's it. Then I'm going to go into Colossians for two or three messages, and then Philippians for two or three messages, and then Galatians, maybe, I, I don't know, and Galatians two or three, and then I want to end up on John 1. Because Ephesians 1 and John 1 blew my mind as I began to see it. And I began to study church history because I wanted to know what I believed. Now, that doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> this is just how I'm wired, and there's a reason for it. I, I don't know what the reason, but there's a lot of pain that goes with this, so don't. Let's just grow and keep open, and, and uh, you can do whatever you want. But I wanted to know. I wanted to know, and I discovered a lot of things that happened and took place in my life and why I believed, why it wasn't resonating inside of me. And somehow it was a few years ago that I finally, and especially it was during the COVID season, I gave myself permission. I saw so much stuff that's going on in churches and everything else, I said, I'm done. I, I want to figure out what I really believe. 
Now this is going to be one of the greatest, courageous, most risky thing you will ever do in your life, maybe. I'm going to figure out what I believe. And it may be opposite from Gordy, and I want you to journey on your own. I want you to believe something that resonates inside. And that's why I'm sharing what I'm sharing, because these things resonate, and I think they resonate with humanity. But I am not going to push. I'm not going to say, you got to do what Gordy's doing. No, no, no. You just, you just keep going on the journey, but make sure you're honest with yourself, and you take your journey. You can't take mine. I can't take yours. You do your journey, and you figure out. And tell you what's risky and courageous about this, and trust me, I know what I'm talking about on this, you be courageous because if it differs from the system, you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose a lot of friends. And that's okay as long as you are free. And so I have no authority, no power, but I just give you permission to go that route if you need be. Because I'd rather have you free than anything else. So I'm still learning, and, and I want to just tell you right now, as, as we're just beginning to close some of this up, told you it was going to be short, but too much information is just going to not be, be healthy. So I'm trying to be really sensitive. Um, I'm not going to cross every T perfectly. I'm not going to dot every I. It just won't be. I am still in the midst of learning and being excited about learning and becoming a student of Jesus more and more and more. And to understand what it is. If, if you understand whatever you go into, if it doesn't create a greater love for others, then maybe you need to change direction. I will say that much. But wherever you go in, on your journey, if it creates more love for your brother and for your sister and for your neighbor, keep on that path. You're puny compared to the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll lead you. He'll lead you. And so there's nothing, there's nothing in my life that has freed me up in this revelation that you're included, I'm included, and we all are. You don't know um, the joy, and maybe you have, of when I came to that revelation through a lot of study, and I still may be wrong in some areas, but there's a freedom that I have never experienced in my life, and I've experienced different ways. It's like God just kind of taking me as a student Okay, you're ready for this, Gordy. <laughs> you're not ready for this. Ah, good job, Gordy. You're ready for that. You're ready for that. And it's like, if God, if, see, if you're not ready for some of these things, just, just take what Jesus has. Just take it. Because it will blow your mind. And, and sometimes it's a process. It's just a growth. So, to me, it's not about receiving Jesus. You know how freeing that was? Because most of my life I questioned, did I really receive Jesus? It's not about receiving Jesus. It's accepting the fact that you've already been received, and now you see the light working inside of you. 
You know how, I can't even tell you. I, I can't tell you. I cannot, with Barbara and I both. She struggled with the insecurities and all of this all her life. And when she knew and reading Ephesians 1, before you were created, before the earth was created, before Adam and Eve, before you made all your mistakes, God knew you and God chose you to be in Christ Jesus. And you know how freeing that is. Now I don't have that pressure. Did I really say the right words? Was I earnest enough? You may call it accepting, but, but let's, for me, I, I don't, it's not about the semantics of words. It's accept the light that's already in you. Isn't that interesting? So instead of telling people how lost they are, you tell them how loved they are. That's what John 1's talking about. That's what it's talking about here. You know, when you think about lost, what does that mean? When, when, when something is lost, it's lost because the owner doesn't have it anymore. If I lost my watch and I can't find it, it's lost. Why? Because that's my watch. I take ownership of that watch. And when the prodigal son was called, he's a lost son, he wasn't lost uh, the father never lost him. The father was always with him. The father always loved him. He was never separate from the father. But the son didn't see the love of the father, and he was lost. He was lost because he belonged to the father. Oh, you can't be lost. Isn't that crazy? The woman in the parable who lost the coin. Why was the coin lost? Because the coin belonged to the woman, and now it's lost. It still belonged to the woman, but it's lost. It wasn't connected anymore in that sense of relationship that it's in her purse. And so when the prodigal came home, what happened to the prodigal? Found out the love of the father and the affection of the father. This is what Psalm 24 says. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it. Isn't that cool? Do we have that, Abby? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. In other words, God's never going to let go of the ownership. Those who have not seen that light within them, we may say lost, but what do we mean? They're only lost because they belong to the source. The Father takes ownership of them. Wow, we have a lot to learn. And I have a lot of mistakes. But man, I'm filled with it. Just filled with life. You know, take this verse. And in Ephesians 1, it's, it's going to be enough for you to handle for a lifetime, seriously. Soak it in. Take time. Struggle with it. Don't agree with me. Just check your heart. See what is re being revealed in you. And it may be totally something different. I know. I know. <laughs> At 40 plus years and I just, wow. Just changing my mindset. And to, and to realize that you can't understand this up there because this will always fight against what's here. 
This is always going to fight. And the goal, the Holy Spirit just begins to work in us, our heart and our minds are going to be united. And that's where life comes in. And your head can begin to accept some of these things that maybe you've struggled with. And the Holy Spirit will give you understanding. Trust me, it'll resonate inside of you. And so Paul, all of a sudden here, in Ephesians 1, in verse 15, he begins to pray. As Joe and the band comes up, Paul begins to pray for them. And it's like Paul is just sharing this stuff that I just shared with you in the last two weeks. And, and, and he's saying, take a deep breath, folks, because you're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be so overwhelmed with what I'm sharing with you. Take a step back and let your head stop spinning. Literally, that's, that's what Paul is basically saying. I'm going to pray for you because your heads are spinning right now. And the stuff that I shared with you can spin our heads. And it can make us angry. And it can make us to just run away. Don't run away. Don't run away. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You see that? This is Paul praying. I pray for you, Creeksiders, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope and the riches of his glorious inheritance. (laughs) Be courageous. Be courageous. Don't worry about churches dismissing you or pastors or friends. Follow the honesty of your heart. Don't worry about making mistakes. I'm surely not. (laughs) But I would 20 years ago. Because for me, in my growing up years, it was about having the right doctrine and the right information. Spirit of God is doing an awakening in some of you guys. Just like Justice was sharing. There's an awakening happening in some of you guys. Let it go. Take that journey. Folks, you don't have to panic. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in blame. You don't have to live in anger. You can't. He's, he's given you everything. You're in, you have the inheritance. And may we have the eyes to see. Someone said this. He's, it, it might have been Barb. She says, man, when, it, when you have the revelation that we're all included, whatever that may really mean, that we're all included in Christ Jesus, which is the hope of glory. And that revelation becomes open. Now all of a sudden you begin to understand other things in Scripture. Wow, so that's what it means. Wow, now I get what Jesus is saying when he says, and my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. Wow, for the first time, I really got it. I mean, when I was taking my Greek studies in college, I could parse the verbs and give all these nuances and everything else, but it wasn't in my heart. I I didn't know. It was just I had knowledge. And I think the Holy Spirit in this day and age is wanting to reveal things to people that have never been really seen before.
It's always been in there in Scripture. So there's, there's this way that Paul knows, and it's the way of Jesus. And he lays out what the battle really is. The battle is not you. The battle is not me. The battle is not organizations or system. You know what the battle really is and where it lies? It's in your identity. And he's already revealed your identity in Ephesians 1. But your head can't accept it. That's why we blame. That's why we fight. That's why we panic. That's why we're in fear. Because we don't know who we are. You are who you are. Authentically. You have always been who you are. Before the creation of the world. Before you were born. Before you even made a choice. Before any of this. You are authentically who you are. And that only takes the Holy Spirit to reveal that. And once he does, you're on your journey in a very spectacular way. Father, thank you for this morning. I, I pray, Lord, that as Paul did, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. In order that each one, Lord, may know the hope and the riches of the glorious inheritance that is ours. In Jesus' name, amen.